Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, everybody. I'm Neil Anderson. Welcome to Return to Real. I've got a special guest today for you doing some really good stuff. We love to talk about health and fitness down here at uh, Return to Real, but you can't be healthy and or, or neither nor fit if you're hungry. And so we're speaking with Michelle Benedict from USANA's Kids, USANA Kids Eat. And we are finding out that USANA has got some answers for this. Hi, Michelle. Hi, how's it going? Michelle, good to see you again. <laughs> good I've to see you, you too, Neil. <laughs> what, what is USANA Kids Eat? Tell me all about it. So we're a program under the USANA Foundation. Um, I think most people think of USANA and they think of the amphitheater first thing, because that's just what we know here locally. You know, of course, they sponsor the amphitheater, but um, USANA is... Yeah, I saw a rat and um, poison, (laughs) and and it was I know, the concerts are a fun perk. (laughs) (laughs) And people ask me sometimes, you know, like, what do I do at the amphitheater? Do I work concessions or, you know, so (laughs) I'm always trying to correct that a little bit, but... um, yeah, USANA is actually a worldwide company. Um, we do health and nutritionals, and we're all over the world. We've got associates all over the world. That's and- where I heard about them first. USANA's always had, so way back in the olden days, before vitamins and, and nutritionals really kind of anybody cared. And then after they did care, people were selling crap. <laughs> I, I had recognized USANA as being some of the folks that sold the good stuff. It was yeah. always the good stuff. So I've, Yeah, I've they've got a real good track record. We've been around a long time, and... Um, USANA really, really thinks about giving back. They're, they're really focused on community. And because it's a worldwide corporation, uh, USANA has a foundation. And the USANA Foundation has actually been doing projects and feeding kids all over the world for many years. Um, we've got about 30 programs that run all over the world. Um, a lot of those are food-related and nutritional-related. They involve vitamins or garden projects, water projects, things that are sustainable. Um, and so, you know, they've been doing that a long time. And last year, they were thinking, hey, here we are feeding kids all over the world. What are we doing in our own backyard? What can we do that makes a bigger impact than an amphitheater? What can we do that that really makes a change and, and helps people and does something really good? And so... They looked out into the community and and saw a couple groups that were already doing that. I owned one of them, and then the other one uh, was called uh, Kids Eat Utah. And so they actually asked if they could acquire us both. They merged us together, and then they hired me and one other person from the other group to run it for them. So um, it's not a new program because we were already doing it for many years, but it's new under the USANA umbrella, and it's uh, 
been really good to have all the extra resources that USANA provides for us. The thing that blows me away, and I heard this earlier last year, is that there are kids starving in Utah. Yeah, it's amazing. You, yeah, you, you just really, you just really don't see it like it is. Um, you think to yourself, okay, it's got to be, you know, the refugee populations, and you know, you, you kind of reason that way. But, but there really are hungry kids all over the valley, not just in certain pockets, not just in certain areas, but they, they really are everywhere. And in some some areas, you see it, and in some areas, you have to look for it. Do you have an idea what the numbers are on that? I've heard as high as twenty five percent. Well, it's one in five. One in five kids are hungry in um, in Utah. They say one in seven households are food insufficient. And if you think about households, most households don't have just one child. Most households have a lot of kids. In fact, a lot of these hungry families have a lot of kids. And so that's kind of how it translates out to one in five kids being hungry. Um, but yeah, there's about 63,000 kids alone in the Salt Lake Valley that have uh, that are on the free and reduced lunch program. Reviews. Tell me about that program. Qualify for that. What is that one? What? What, What's that program? The free review. Free review. So the the state of Utah provides a free and reduced lunch program, and if your income is is low enough, then you qualify for that. Some kids qualify for reduced lunch. Reduced. Okay. Families have to apply for it, and then some families qualify for free lunch based on where they fall. And that's a lot of kids, if you think about that, that qualify yeah. for that program and to take advantage of it. And a lot of these kids, not all the kids on this program, but some of the kids on that program don't have any food in their homes. And we're finding it's probably about 20% of those kids that are on the free and reduced lunch program. Um, they just don't have any food in their homes at all. So they really, really rely on the school lunches. That's where they get their nutrition. And a lot of times they're eating breakfast, lunch, and even sometimes dinner if they're in the after-school program. And then they go home on the weekends and there's nothing. And so that's that's kind of where we come in. We try to provide those weekend bags that they the schools pass out to them and they take home. Um, we also- Michelle, that's scary. If you think about it, especially with what we've all just been through. And what it's definitely gotten all worse. Those kids came through, came home. Like what... When, when they closed schools two months ago, did you guys see an uptick in that? I we definitely did. Yeah, the schools definitely. And we work through schools and clubs. You know, we do boys and girls clubs and neighborhood clubs and schools. And so we've got a representative at every one of those places. And they're the ones watching the kids and the families. They know their situation. They're the ones that know which kids need the bags. And it's, it's really valuable for us to have those people. And um, yeah, yeah. Over the last few months, we've just been hearing... Uh, you know, we need more bags. We're worried. We've got families that are unemployed. We've got families that are sick. They have COVID. We've got to get something to them. And, you know, it's not, we, we worry about the kids too, simply because some of those kids are in homes that are kind of, kind of scary. They, they deal with some really hard things. And, you know, the statistic that's been out there lately is that domestic abuse is up 40% since we've all been quarantined. And you, know, you think about those kids, they used to go to school to escape that. And now, now they're just at home with it, you know? Yeah. Hungry and struggling a little yeah. more. But you don't think about that. It's weird. You don't think about that. And I guess um, it's disturbing to think about it, but we'll talk about things we can do here in a yeah. little bit. Before we do, let's go back. Tell me about the your facilities. So the... the kidseat.org there's there's a place that we can go but there you you saw built some facilities and you mentioned yeah. the bags earlier tell me about that 
Yeah. Yeah. So um, when I had started this program a long time ago, I was just running it as a community organizer. People were doing all the work in their homes, building the bags, shopping, you know, delivering them to the schools. And it got bigger and bigger to the point where like I couldn't keep up. I was thinking to myself, how am I going to keep up with this? You know, I had a regular full-time career and I was doing this on the side. And so the great thing about USANA acquiring this is that we just were given so many resources. And uh, the way it works is USANA covers all of our overhead, we cover all of our operating costs. And so that includes this new facility that opened in December. It's a humanitarian center. It's a, it's a packing facility where people can sign up online and come in and pack the bags on our packing line. Um, and USANA covers that. They, they pay our salaries and they pay the building and the truck and the website and all the, all the things that we need to operate this. And then we rely on the, the community to, um, to donate. And then that's what pays for the food that goes in the bags. And so what's really cool about that is we can say, hey, 100% of what you donate goes to food. None of it yeah. to operating. None of it's going to, you know, anything like that, which is most, most, uh, Nonprofits can't say that. You've got to operate. You know, you I was to- going there, Michelle. I had it down yeah. here. It's number two <laughs> on my questions is how much of that's going back yeah. to the kids. Yeah, and it's so cool for me to be able to say 100% of what you donate goes to food. I love that. That's my most favorite thing to be able to tell people. And that's that's because USANA just really believes in this. And so they make sure that the the business side of it runs and is taken care of. And then, yeah. then we've just got, you know, the rally the community to get more and more donations so we can feed more and more kids. Wow. Wow. What a great cause and what a neat thing that you guys do. What's in, what's in the bag? You um, guys make bags. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff in the bags. We actually, um, we've spent a lot of time formulating what goes in these bags because um, there's a fine line between nutritious and what kids will eat. You know, there's that that very fine line. <laughs> I know. I know there is. I'm the health and fitness guy. And 100% of the time, I'm a little embarrassed when people are seeing my kids eat. Not not the old Yeah, ones. I know. Sometimes you just got to feed them. But, but no, we worked with... Uh, he won't eat anything else. I can't make <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> yeah, we worked with the U and we kind of worked on um, ingredients, making sure that we were kind of trying to keep low sugar, low sodium, things that are going to be pretty healthy for the kids. Our bags are pretty robust. There's there's quite a bit in there. Um, it's seven meals and that gets them through the weekends. Um, Plus, we have our other bags. We have larger size pantry bags that we offer for the long extended breaks, like um, like the Christmas break that's two weeks long. And um, for Corona right now, those bags are also being used for Corona. Um, They have a lot of the same stuff in them. You know, they've got peanut butter and tuna fish and um, a can of soup, several cans of vegetables. You know, there's there's a lot of things in these bags. And um, we just you're going to need some gold. What's needed when it's needed. You know, the the schools are letting us know about families they're really worried about that aren't making it over for the free lunch pickup. You know, the schools are still providing free lunch pickup, but some families can't get there. And that's when the Corona bags come in to play. The schools will get those from us and then they'll take them and leave them on their porches. So they're being delivered to their homes by the schools. I want to go back to that number. You said there were seven meals per bag. And then how many bags do you think you'll distribute on a weekly basis? We give out about 850 every weekend. Um, so it's about 8,000, close to $9,000 that goes out the door every weekend. Um, let's see. In addition to that, we are doing the Corona bags. 
Um, those are worth about $25 a bag. They're big. They're, they're mm. pantry bags, you know, and they've got a lot of food in them. They've got a whole big thing of peanut butter and a whole box of cereal. And it's not bits and pieces. It's actual, you know, pantry items. Um, and our goal this year, we were hoping to go from 850 weekend bags up to 1,000 by the end of the year. Um, 850 times 7. 1,000 times 7. I'm not, I'm not super good at math, but 1,000 times 7 <laughs> seems like a lot of meals. How do you put 7,000 yeah. meals together? It's Amazing. a lot. <laughs> Um, but we, we have a lot of schools on our waiting list. There's a lot of schools that want our services and they're on the waiting list and they're just waiting for us to obtain funding. And, um, one of the ways that we do that, we, you know, we're creative with, with what we do for getting funding. But one of the things that we offer is for corporations to get involved. Um, a lot of corporations are looking for ways to get their employees involved in the community. They're looking for that corporate responsibility and that social interaction and um, we provide a really easy way for them to do it rather than trying to come up with some way to get involved. It's already done for them. And so they donate, they can adopt a school. They can donate the amount of money that will sustain that school for a year. So it pays for the bags that the kids get for that year. And then every month that corporation can pack the bags. They can send different teams over, you know, for team building experiences and corporate activities. And they pack the bags at our facility and then the bags get to the schools. And so it's a pretty good program that corporations can get involved with. Um, if I'm a corporation and I want to get involved in that, where do I go? Just over just to, to our website. It's is just eat.org. It's eat.org. Uh-huh. You can fill out a form. There's something right there. And it's me actually that gets the form. I'm the one that answers everything. And so, um, yeah, I would just, what I usually do is I meet with a corporation and I show them everything we do. We try to bring them in the facility and show them what, what we've got here. It's, it's pretty amazing. Um, and then, and then I usually give them a list of schools and show them, you know, this school has, you know, takes 70 bags every single weekend. And the kids at that school, I tell them about the kids. I tell them about the people that are supporting the kids and kind of the struggles they're going through. You know, we have specific schools that really have very specific struggles. We have one school that um, uh, about a third of the kids at that school live in a uh, shelter for battered women with their moms. They have escaped oh. domestic violence. And so they live, they're kind of displaced. They live in a, in a shelter and they... Um, that's a third, a third of the kids at that school. So every school kind of has unique challenges. And so I usually talk to the corporations and then they select a school that they feel, you know, they kind of want to have that connection with and support. And so it's a good way for us to grow. It, it really helps us um, be able to take on more and more schools and, and more and more kids. If How does it work? Do we give food products if we would like to donate or a company would it's, like to donate do we it's just mon- yeah it's just monetary donations okay. uh, we we buy the food we want to be able to really control the type of food that goes in the bags and what's Good. you know as far as the nutrition content and things and so um but we we buy obviously buy the palate and, um, you know, and of course that that's just an option for corporations. You know, people can always get on the website and just donate, yeah. uh, donate any dollar amount, but the, the corporate, the corporate thing has actually been really cool. It's been neat for me to see what it's done for USANA. Um, the USANA employees get really involved in this program. A lot of them donate right out of their paychecks Oh wow! on a regular basis. Uh, a lot of them come down and they pack bags here. And it's really been cool for me to see what it's done for our corporate culture. You know, it's, it's, it's really cool. And we've got these other programs all over the world, but just if you, if you take those away, just on a local level, it's, it's, 
there's something really healthy about um, doing something meaningful. You know, there, there's that social health aspect to that. And that's, that's why I started doing this with my kids to begin with, is I wanted them to have that growth that comes from that, from doing something good in your community and looking out there, seeing a need and then filling it. You yeah. know, there's just something really character building about that. And so it's been neat to see uh, USANA doing that with the employees and it kind of brings everyone together. It's like a common purpose. I love that because health isn't all about the physical. I've been screaming that from the treetops now for yeah. quite a while. It'd be nice to get up on a mountain with a bull. <laughs> you that get- is, that's, a, that's something you always say. And I always think about that because there's a lot of aspects of wellness that aren't just exercise. Right. Yeah. Right. Doing stuff for others. This is a, this experience is, uh, is really about what you can give and I've never about what you can get. And sometimes we yeah. turn that exercise thing around about what we can get. <laughs> That's, it's about giving love to your body. It truly is. It's about yeah. without strength, you have none to give, right? That's right. That's the point. Tell yeah, me, that's right. Vince was telling me a story about your son's friend and I was wondering if uh, you'd relate that to me. What story was it? My wife was telling me the story about your son's friend. Oh, yeah. About his lunch. Yeah. So, yeah, when we're talking about the hunger that's all over the valley. um, So one of my sons has a friend who has never once had a school lunch. He's never brought one with him. He's never been able to buy a school lunch. And this is this kid like takes care of himself. He's he's a really responsible kid. He rides his bike everywhere he goes. How old? Um, um, they are in ninth grade now, Okay. but this has been going on for years and years. And, you know, he's just a good kid. He, if he had food in the house, he would pack a lunch. He's not, he's not like lazy. Like he's not packing a lunch. Right. And I mean, this was going on and, um, the kids in the group were, you know, kind of a little bit worried that he never had anything. And they just kind of, they just kind of decided to do something about it. And so everyone just agreed to bring extra food and they, They've been doing it for years. All the kids in the group, they bring extra food and then they dump it in the middle of the table at the lunch at lunch and everyone just eats. And it's, it's so cool because no one has ever said a word to him. Nobody's ever made it a big deal. No one's ever made him feel embarrassed. They just all bring a little bit of extra something and everybody has plenty to eat. And he's just always been able to sit and chill and eat and, um, yeah, I was just really proud of my son and his friends for just kind of handling it, seeing a need, and then just kind of handling it in a way that was sensitive and and yet took care of the problem. You know, and that's, that's what I've tried to do is I've tried to teach my kids to see a need and figure out how can I help with that, you know? Yeah. Kind of a chip off of the old block. That's that's touching, family style. Now, <laughs> if there's somebody else out there that can see a need, and and folks, this is... 20%, one in five, and that's in your backyard. Um, where do we go? Did I just, just run over to usanakidseat.org? Is that, did I say that right? Usanakidseat.org. Yep. It's just our website. And um, we're a little bit more quiet right now. There's not as much posted on the website for um, volunteer times. Um, COVID has made us have to really cut down the amount of people we can have come in and pack. Um, but normally if you click on volunteer, it just takes you to a spot that lists all the different volunteer time slots and you can just sign up right on the website. Or you can also donate right there or both. And you can donate. Yeah. Yeah. Right now donations help the most because under COVID we can't take very many, um, volunteers. Um, I'm hoping that that kind of alleviates soon and we'll be able to take, you know, bigger volunteer groups and things. 
Um, but, but yeah, we, we appreciate all, all donations, all volunteers. We've got some really amazing people that have gotten involved. We've got some really cool volunteer drivers who drive around these bags in our truck. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's really cool to see the community get involved in the ways that they can get involved. And for some people, um, donating is, is the best way they can help. And for others, volunteering is the better way to help rather than, you know, donating money. And so we hope that, we hope that over time, everyone gets to be involved in one way or another. And, uh, it just, it's, it's kind of a cool thing to get involved with. Michelle, I'm proud of you, friend. I'm I'm (laughs) proud of what you do over there. I'm proud of you, Sana. And maybe next time I'm up on the mountaintops, I'll, I'll, I'll shout this one too, because this is a good cause and I'll put it out as far as I can. I hope, I hope my listeners will share it around a little bit and become involved. Yeah. Thank you so much for coming on the show today and sharing this. Yeah. With us. Thank you. <laughs> good to speak to you folks. You've been listening to return to real with a really cool, healthy message um, from Michelle Benedict and USANA kids org. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new Season 3, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts.